You're listening to Jet Nation Radio, the official podcast of JetNation.com. The largest independent fan site in the NFL. Be sure to check out our forums and talk all things Jets with thousands of other diehard Jets fans. Now to get you up to date on all the latest Jets news, notes, and quotes, here are your hosts, Glenn Naughton and Alex Morallo. Good evening, Jets fans. <clears throat> I am Glenn Naughton. This is Jet Nation Radio. Thank you so much for tuning in. My co-host, Alex Varallo, will be joining me shortly. And hopefully this one goes smoother than the other night. Uh, I had some tech issues. If I'm not uh, trying to get to the bottom of it, I think what happened is I was using a tablet that I use sometimes. And it had done an auto-install earlier in the day of some, like, an internal mic. And when the show started, I was using my usual mic and I wasn't hearing myself so I thought it wasn't recording and I think we were actually recording right onto the tablet but anyway I just I stopped the show because I thought what the hell's going on can't hear myself a message from someone who was trying to call in said they were getting dead air so uh wrapped it up then couldn't get one done last night so Alex as I said will be joining me shortly we'll talk about obviously the 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 goings on the Sam Donald situation there was, you know, a little bit more on that today, getting updates on that pretty much daily um, with them Gase providing some info and preview the Eagles game. This is going to be a game the Jets should lose. Uh, no, no ifs, ands, or buts about it, but there are a couple of factors that could work in their favor uh, that could give them a puncher chance. A lot of it, listen, it, it's going to come down to how well the O-line plays. And who's going to be playing on the O-line? Adam Gay said uh, a couple weeks ago that some changes were in order, but none were made. He didn't specify the O-line. He said, we're going to go back. I think it was after the Cleveland game. We're going to go watch some film and see who is and isn't doing their job and make some changes. No no changes were made. But this time around, uh, following the loss against New England, I think he meant it when he said they were going to there was going to be use of time during the bye week to figure out where they could improve. And, I mean, listen, it's no big secret. Yes, the O-line. But first and foremost, it's it's the first move you got to make that you should have made sooner. Jonathan Harrison's got to be starting. It's that simple. Ryan Khalil has been atrocious. Tried to take an optimistic view with him signing with the Jets. But I did, you know, for those of you who listened in, then when the Jets signed him, I said that was the biggest red flag to me. Was that that was a lot of money that I think I tweeted out. said 9.4, 8.4 million, whatever it was I gave him. That sounds like the amount of money you have to give a guy who doesn't want to play if you want him to get off the couch and come play for you. So I think that was a... Uh, bit of a disaster, or it has been a bit of a disaster thus far, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, we have Alex on the line. Alex, you here with us. Glenn, how we doing? Jet Nation, what's happening? Doing good, Alex. Glad uh, glad we were finally able to get this together. I explained at the uh, top that there were some issues with my mic the other night that I think were uh, software-related, and then last night we couldn't get together, so... Uh, get this knocked out tonight, but uh, 
what are your thoughts, Alex? We, I was just, you know, basically going over the stuff we're going to cover. And of course, there's the Sam Donald situation. So where we are with this is that Donald has been doing some cardio. He'd been cleared a few days ago for non-contact activity. So basically jogging and throwing a football. Adam Gay saying today he's far more optimistic than he was any time prior that Donald can go. He got the majority of reps with the starters today, although Luke Falk did get some reps, or yesterday rather. Uh, Donald basically saying, I want to make sure I'm good to go and that I'm not going to get killed out there. So if you're the Jets and the doctors clear Sam Darnold, do you send him out there? Or do you say, let's, let's give your, let's give you an extra week to, to heal up. What, what do you do? I mean, I've, all signs to me point to Adam Gase is going to play him. If the docs say he can go, he can go. But there are those fans freaking out on Twitter to rest him longer, sit him longer. What do you think? What do you think the jets are going to do? What would you do? Uh, you know, I think that if, if he does get cleared by the doctors, I do think that he will play this weekend. Um, I'm not comfortable with that. Um, I'm one of those nervous Nellies right now that, you know, when we talked about getting a franchise quarterback, you know, we got a guy for four years, actually five years if you pick up his rookie contract. And then it became, we, we have a quarterback for 10 years. And then people are saying, we got a quarterback for 15 years. Well, I just want to get through this season and I want Sam to be as healthy as a horse. Um, I'm I'm not one of those people that are in panic mode that want to just, you know, get him out there and, and, and you know, he's going to wiggle his nose like bewitched and magic's going to happen and, and everything's going to fall into place. Sam's got to start, like, preseason all over again, um, you know, and, and, and getting taking those hits and everything like that. And, and that's the most concerning thing that, you know, this is a internal – organ issue uh, this is something completely different uh, from you know an ACL or an MCL or you know a labrum you know ligament tear things like that this is completely different this is a world that I really don't know anything about and that's what kind of gives me a little bit of the nervous feelings um, and then as we have talked about at length uh, even if we do happen to have a healthy strong durable Sam Darnold I still worry about you know what this offensive line can do and I'm just curious on how much progress that they have made uh, not practicing last week and what things are looking like this week Um, you know just you know maybe certain arrows are pointing up in for Sam Darnold's situation but you know other players are still working through some injuries and we're not there yet and that is my concern. I don't think that we're a complete football team yet. Um, we're not playing like a good football team right now. And I think it would be detrimental to, to rush Sam into a bad situation going up against a good defense with a really, really good defensive line. Um, these guys are going to pin their ears back against Sam. And obviously the spleen situation is very, very delicate. And, uh, you know, just like Sam said today, uh, I want I don't want this kid to die. So that's kind of where I feel. Um, do I feel like this team needs Sam Darnold and it would give them an energy boost and put a little life back in some players? Absolutely. And I think, you know, the fans are, are hungry to see him. They want to see Sam. But at the same time, I think we have to take a step back and, and think this is a game. This is something that we all have fun with. 
but for these guys, they're putting their lives literally on the line. And, you know, I remember when Chris Sims had his issue, uh, when he was his short career, when he was playing in Tampa, I was watching that game uh, where he had injured his spleen, kind of got folded weird in one of his ribs, uh, punctured his spleen. He didn't know it. Adrenaline took over. He finished the offensive series. He came back on the offensive, uh, on the sideline, and he coughed blood into his hand. They immediately took him to the hospital, and I believe that was the last time we saw Chris Sims on the football field, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, this is one of those scenarios where I don't want to see that happen. We've waited so long to get a franchise quarterback, and it would really, really just be a huge, huge loss to, to have him have any more setbacks because we clearly have seen what this team looks like without him. And, you know, I'm not going to say the season's lost, but it will be if something does happen to Sam uh, if he plays on Sunday and he gets hurt. All fair points, Alex. Um, I I was on the fence with this. I, you know, I went from, you got, you know, play him if he's healthy to give him an extra week, play him, rest him. But I, I'm, I'm at the point now where I think, I mean, if, if the doctors medically clear him, that then they're telling you there is no added risk. And then it's like, what, what's the point of sitting him? You're going to have to get back in and start taking those hits again. And my, my hope, obviously my hope, because I want this team to win some damn football games, is that if Donald can just be all, I mean, really, it, it's going to come down to the play calling, obviously. But if they can, if you can hit, doesn't doesn't even have to be, I'm not even talking about deep balls down the field. Hit on a couple of intermediate routes and, and back defenses off a little. Because listen, the thing is, teams, teams have been stacking the box because they have no reason to fear the Jets quarterbacks. Now, the, the sad part about that is Adam Gase hasn't tried to take advantage of it by trying to, you know, throw the ball down the field a little bit. Maybe you hit on one or two plays and, and defenses have to, have to respect you a little bit. But if they come out with if, if they come out with Sam Arnold under center, that tells us they're saying he's 100% healthy. And if he's 100% healthy, and we're seeing more swings and screens all day, and eight guys in the box, and no need to back off and respect the quarterback or the offense, and you're not scoring, then what the hell is Adam Gase doing out there? So, you know that that we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. He still may not play. My gut feeling is he will, based on the fact that they're starting to give him a big chunk of reps during practice. But uh. Before I say any more, let's go to the phones real quick. Uh, got a caller. I believe this is uh, Andrew. Andrew, are you on the line? Yes, I am. How's it going, Glenn? Good. How you doing, Andrew? Doing well, thank you. Uh, it's an honor to be on the show. Thanks so much for having me on. Um, I totally agree with the points you've made thus far. Um, makes a lot of sense to me. Um, you know, just listening to Sam Donald talk, I, I listen to, you know, the, the clips that are available on Twitter and on the Jets website. Of all the things that Sam Donald has proven, which isn't a lot in, in let's say, a year and maybe a game, because um, no one can prove that they are everything in a year in a game, uh, he has certainly proven that he wants to be a leader and that he's, you know, he's going to take anything he's feeling and just stuff it under and go out there and do his thing. And that, that's, number one, what you want uh, with a franchise quarterback, right? You want somebody who wants to be out there, who doesn't care that he still feels disgusting because, you know, I had mono – not that I'm a, not that I am a professional athlete at all, but I had mono in high school, and I remember that I felt absolutely disgusting for like two months. Uh, so I doubt he's feeling 100%, but he's not going to tell you. He's going to, uh, you know, practice, get out there, do his thing. 
Um, and, uh, you know, it, luckily it's not up to him <laughs> whether he goes out there uh, on Sunday uh, if the doctors say no, right? If they say no, then uh, they're worried about the spleen rupturing if he gets hit. Uh, Lord knows we don't have uh, the 2009-2010 Jets offensive line. <laughs> it is now 2019, and the line looks a hell of a lot worse, uh, unfortunately, um, than it used to a decade ago. Uh, in the you know the the crazy thing here too, um, as much as I have ever defended Mike McCagney, um and now it's it's just we we have to face the facts that the O line isn't just isn't that great even after it was supposed to be even better this year. Uh, not that it's the worst in the league, you know. I think people always uh, engage in hyperbole, uh, you know, always in sports talk and everything. They say, oh, it's the worst. Well, it may not be the worst, but it ain't helpful. Right. It, you know, there's a lot of, uh, uh, let's say, winters, let's say shell. You know, uh, there's times when they get beat handily. Right. Now, you look back at the Browns game. Uh, I don't think it's fair uh, to, let's say, crush Beecham for going up against Miles Garrett because Garrett's just not human. He's unbelievable. Uh, he's uh, once every two or three decades kind of prospect. But still, um, you know, the old line isn't that great, you know, Um Beecham, I, I saw your posts, Glenn, some time back uh, regarding Beecham. He he does deserve a roster spot, but it's not like he's a pro bowler. And uh, um, the the bigger question on the O-line, and when we think of Darnold and he's going to stay healthy, he's going to stay upright, to me, the bigger question on the O-line is are they do they really understand the playbook and are they working together? It's not like assemblies without talent. Um, it's not like, you know, Harrison isn't busting his ass out there. But, uh, you know, they don't seem coordinated, right? And uh, I, I appreciate that Adam Gase is willing to try different combinations. But, man, it just lines up wrong, right? This is the fifth week of the season, uh, and they're still trying to see if the O-line can work as a unit. And then you have a quarterback with an enlarged spleen who's not going to tell you if he feels bad. He's just going to go out there because he's a leader, uh, and that's exactly what you want from him. And, man, it just – it has me a little worried, you know. Uh, the news story came out today. The the padding company made him a, a spleen guard. Boy, that makes me feel great. <laughs> Sarcastically so. Um, well, you know, look, again, you got to admire Sam Darnold. Uh, at 22 years old, I was nowhere near as mature as he is. Uh, and I think most Jets fans can say that, right? I think you guys might agree. Um, you know, a 22-year-old who is on his – what, third offense in three years, including his last year of college, has to work with Adam Gase, who, you know, okay, he's a smart guy, but it's, again, a brand-new offense. Learning the offense along with five O-linemen who are eh, meh, right, as a group, we can agree that meh is probably a good descriptor. Um, and mm-hmm. now, uh, every uh, what what really got my guff and what really made me want to call in today, um, uh, especially uh, just – seeing how toxic Jets Twitter is. Um, oh, <laughs> exactly, right? Um, it, it just it kills me, right? We get a quarterback who is last year the youngest quarterback since 1960, right? What is it, eight years before the merger? Um, and he goes out there in his first game, all right, but he looked pretty promising. All right, the rest of the season he was trying to grow a little bit. But those last four games told me something. We haven't even seen the, you know, what Sam Darnold could possibly become. He clearly has accuracy. His his teammates love him. He can scramble perfectly well, 
And he, you know, Dan Orlovsky, listening to him on ESPN, he has that uh, magical ability, as Dan Orlovsky says, to, you know, find some footing. Um, and as unsure as footing as that may be, and just launch something that, you know, uh, is shockingly accurate given the, given his, his feet or whatever. So, um, you know, I love this kid. Every, every rational Jets fan loves this kid. However, they, you know, not everyone's rational. Twitter's toxic. And, uh, you know, I, I saw the, the Pats Bills game and I came away thinking, especially even just, you know, knowing the AFC East as we do, uh, the Bills defense is for real, right? And uh, I, I, I looked up some stats. I don't want to keep laughing. You guys got time for this? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, cool. a great call. Go um, ahead. Cool, cool. So I looked up some stats in the Bills, right? Uh, and uh, we know they're for real, but they're second overall in yards per game allowed through, through all the weeks of the season, second overall in passing touchdowns per game allowed, third overall in scrimmage yards per play, third overall in completion percentage allowed, third overall in first downs per game against, fourth overall in time of possession, meaning they can get off the field as a defense, fifth overall in passing yards per game allowed. So all of those stats, right, those really important stats for your defense, they're no worse than fifth. And yet Darnold goes out there, 28 of 41, right, 68.3% completion, one touchdown, actually two, but one was called back, um, and no interceptions. All right, so he already had mono, right? Just let's absorb all this. All of this is objectively true. I listed the stats, and he, he had mono. That was true, right? Nothing of what I'm saying is particularly biased. I'm a Jets fan, of course. I love the kid, but still, um, right? And so then, uh, you know, people are, are starting some ridiculous hashtag, right, tank for Tua. It's like, are you kidding me? Uh, like, are we on the same planet? You know, last four games of last year plus a Bills game against a seriously good defense, um, like, you know, he, you know, okay, so he checked down. So what? He's supposed to. He's supposed to have a completion and get two, three yards if he can't get 11 yards. That, that's exactly what he's supposed to do. Um, and guess what? The Bills' corners are good. <laughs> they they are actually pretty darn good. They're much better than the Jets' corners this year. Um, and then, you know, look, the Brady versus the Bills, right? Look, Brady's a Hall of Famer. Uh, I'm not comparing Brady to Darnold, uh, at least certainly not yet. But, look, Tom Brady versus those same Bills, 18 of 39. 46.2% completion rate, no touchdowns, one interception. And he just looked ridiculously uncomfortable out there. Um, as far as I know, he doesn't have mono. Right? <laughs> um, so, uh, like, I know it's one instance, right? And you usually need a larger sample size to make a comparison like that. But the Bills' defense is for real, and there has truly been nothing objective thus far in terms of any proof, any stats, truly nothing that has – me or any Jets fan, frankly, worried about what Sam Darnold could become. Uh, so, I, I mean, uh, do we agree on that? I, I can't imagine anything that has people worried about what Sam could become. I, I think that's just toxic Twitter. What do you guys think? Yeah, go ahead. Take it down. Uh, yeah, 100%. Uh, there's a lot of <laughs> toxic takes going out uh, on Twitter right now. Some people also taking shots at uh, Jamal Adams. Uh, mm. I, I've seen people uh, go as far as calling him a coward, um, all because I guess of this uh, the, the fan 
uh, radio show thing that he was doing weekly with Bart Scott. It, it's absolutely amazing um, yeah. how fast, you know, people will jump off the ship and, and kind of go off the radar here and, and start talking draft for next year and things like that. It's, it's too soon. Uh, you know, I'm not one of those people. I'm not going to give up on this team. My, my father bestowed this curse upon me and, and I'll be with my sons. <laughs> yep. So <laughs> totally. Uh, you know, at this point, um, you know, I agree with you know with, with a lot of your points. Um, you, you know, you really dropped a lot of uh, great uh, analytics there too. And uh, you know, th- that just kind of shows that w- what this kid is capable of doing. And if we if we could learn from from other teams, um, and I'm going to go to the Andrew Luck situation here. Um, this guy had all the talent in the world. Um, you know, he came he came onto a team that had one of the best quarterbacks that we that I've ever seen, Peyton Manning. Um, and he had to fill big shoes, and and they didn't do right by this guy. Um, they didn't bring him enough talent. They didn't protect him with the offensive line, and he suffered injury after injury. And you know, eventually he just got to a point to where he hung it up uh, rather early. Um, you know, earlier than anybody else expected, but nobody knows what that feels like to go through those, those injuries and the recovery process and not being with your teammates and, you know, everyone from social media has got an opinion and they're coming at you from all angles, you know, saying, calling you all these things and no one has any realization what it feels like when you're, you're dealing with a shoulder surgery or a knee surgery or anything like that. So I, I tend to think of that and, you know, I want to do right by Sam. I want to do right by this team and, I want to see this team be successful for years to come. And, you know, this year for me has always been about taking a step and then next year we leap. I know a lot of people, you know, set the bar really high this year, um, rightly so. We we had a very, very active off season and we had some big ticket acquisitions and, you know, there was a lot of arrows pointing, you know, toward positive positivity. Uh, but, that was all on paper, you know, and, and Glenn and I have said that at length, um, that the Jets have accomplished nothing um, until we start seeing what, you know, all 22 or all 50 of these guys can do on Sundays. And we've seen a little bit of that um, in a small sample size. Um, you know, not everyone's healthy. We're not all on the same page. Um, there's a lot of growing up for young players. There's a lot of gelling to do with some vets that, you know, have been come from, organizations where you've been stuck in the same system for years and now you're trying to learn something new. And even for guys that have been in the league five, six, 10 years, uh, the game hasn't changed much, but the, the scheme and, and developing that chemistry, all those things take time. And unfortunately in football, you, everything's rushed and you have to win now and, and you have to be aggressive and all those things. Um, right. I just don't feel that we're in that position uh, to do those things as of yet. Um, you know, we still have to play a little bit of catch up here. Uh, we have to, you know, get other, get more players like Montgomery involved and, and we have to, mm-hmm. you know, survive the next couple of weeks until we start getting players like Copeland and, and Mosley back and, and Herndon back. And, you know, mm-hmm. after week six, if, if guys are trending in, in a healthier manner and, you know, we're getting our guys back from their suspensions. Uh, there's still a lot of football games to be played here. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, like I said uh, a couple weeks ago, this is going to be a tale of two halves of the season. You know, we're not right. through 
the quarter. I mean, for some teams, they're through the quarter part of the year. You know, we're, we haven't uh-huh. reached that yet. We're going to hit our quarter mark of the season this weekend. So the first right. quarter, no good. But what can we do in the second and the third quarter so that maybe there's some relevant conversation going on um, in the last four games of the year? So that that's my, you know, I I I, I understand every, where everyone's coming from. Um, you know, to those people that are kind of losing their nerve, just take a step back, um, <laughs> unplug. You know, uh, like you said, Twitter can be toxic, and and I found myself you know, rushing onto the keyboard to, to respond to the, to somebody's comment and then just kind of saying, all right, let's just take a step back. Let's right, breathe. right. <laughs> you know, it, it, they're going into their fourth game. You know, there's a lot of growing up that Sam Darnold needs to do and these players need to do. And, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day, uh, you right. know, to say that. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm willing to go through this process. Um, you know, I'm, I, I'm a little bit more concerned with, how it, the things are going to be managed. Um, right. You know, what, what, what is Frank Pollock going to install for this weekend's game if 14's playing to make sure that he stands upright? Um, right. You know, how, with Coleccio Semele's shoulder situation, is Alex Lewis mm-hmm. or Tom Compton prepared to, to come in and do their job and protect Sam mm-hmm. Darnold? Those are the, some yep. of the questions that, I'm, that, that start to pop up into my mind. So, you know, mm-hmm. that's kind of where I'm at. But uh, I'll pass this one over to you, Glenn. I'm sure you got some good thoughts. Yeah, listen, as far as the Twitter thing goes, people are really insane. Uh, Twitter, some of the Jets groups on Facebook, um, even the forums on JetNation.com, which for anyone who's not uh, logged in, signed up for the forums on JetNation.com, check them out, most active uh, Jets message board on the net. But, um, you know, you literally had people – after that Buffalo game, like I knew Darnold wasn't the guy I could tell Ugh. last year. He wasn't that good. <laughs> and I'm like, what the, what the hell are you people? What, it's beyond insane. It really is. Right. Um, right. I mean, but we have it, it you know, it, it's just sort of a microcosm of what we've become like just societally. Everything is, everything is like that instant gratification. Everyone's got awesome right away or they're a bust. How many times do you guys get right. written off after, you know, there were people – I see people talking trash about Quinn and Williams. Like, the guy Ugh. played, like, 20 snaps, hurt his ankle, and they're like, I knew we shouldn't have drafted that dude. I mean, come on, man. Like, how how dumb can you be? And the thing is the thing is, people can just say this stuff because no one remembers it. And if people are wrong, they don't – they just pretend they never said it. And then if they're right, right, they retweet the hell out of it. I tried to tell all you guys. Remember that time I said that right. thing about that guy? Like, yeah, yeah. Where, where are all the other tweets that, where you jumped the gun or just made some, you know, idiotic comment that, uh, yeah. you know, that, that, that turned out to be 100% false? And, look, I say dumb stuff on Twitter all the time. Like, not, like, insane, like I'm giving up on a guy after one game. But, yeah, look, I, I said during this offseason, I said, oh, maybe we're being a little too tough on Quincy and Unwin. Maybe he's not, Maybe he's not as injury prone as we make him out to be. Turns out he was. Mm-hmm. You know, right. but I I looked at it that he had the one major injury, and then last year, you know, he he missed the last few games. But there was there were reports that if the, if those games mattered, he would have played. He wasn't that hurt. I'm like, all right, well then that would have been a full season. He's got one full season under his belt. Missed four games one year. Like you know, may, maybe one big injury. You know, maybe we're jumping the gun. Obviously, we weren't, and I was wrong. And I I think I may have even tagged myself in it or 
you know, and I'll do that. Me and Alex did a show where I was like, hey, man, let's think of the dumbest things we've said. What are your three or your five worst <laughs> takes ever? Because what, what, what fun is it to just sit there and, and hype yourself up and pretend you're never wrong? But, but this is the problem with Twitter. People can make asinine comments, silly predictions, and nobody remembers any of it, whether you're right or wrong. But when people are right, right, they'll retweet the hell out of it and be like, look what I said that time. So people say <laughs> dumb stuff. When people say stuff right. that turns out to not be so dumb, they'll remind you time and time again of you know how smart they are. Um, I, you know, to me, there are certain tells like when someone says something that far off the off when you're that far off the reservation where you're saying Sam Darnold isn't that good because he had a, a, a bad game against the Bills. It's like this person mm-hmm. isn't even worth speaking to about football. You know what right. I mean? Exactly. It's yeah. uh, mm-hmm. it, 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 it's it's so far so far fetched. Now, if you want to say he hasn't proven himself, fine. That's uh, I I agree he hasn't proven himself, but everything I've seen about him makes me believe he's going to be the guy. And if he's Absolutely. not the guy, I think if if he turns out to suck, I think I'm done watching football. But uh, that's that's <laughs> that's a whole that's a whole different conversation. But thank you so much for calling in. Uh, appreciate sure. it, and you know keep listening and uh, and calling anytime you like. Thank you. Thanks, Glenn. Thanks, Alex. Have a great night. Thank you. Thanks. Thank Take you. Bye bye. Yeah. So, so that's you mentioned uh, Osemele, Alex, uh, during that call, mm-hmm. and now he has been added to the injury report. And from what I'm reading, it sounds like Adam Gase indicated that the injury is quite serious, and it's kind of don't be surprised if he doesn't play Sunday. That may force Alex Lewis into action. Um, Alex Lewis, kind of a, I get well, he's a fourth rounder. Tough to say he's a bust, but I, I think I think in my mind the reason I I kind of view him as a bust is because of I, I thought he was going to be a pretty good player coming out of Nebraska. I liked him as sort of a mid round pick. Maybe even had him to the Jets in one or two mocks. I can't remember, but um, he's not been very good as evidenced by the fact that Baltimore was going to release him if the Jets hadn't. Uh, giving up a seventh round or conditional seventh to get him. So the Jets obviously liked him. Joe Douglas obviously liked him. He might be the starter. And, uh, you know, as we know, uh, Jonathan Harrison, as far as I'm concerned, needs to be starting for Ryan Khalil. And as far as Brian Winters, Brandon Shell, if, if Chuma Adoga took Brandon Shell's job, I wouldn't be shocked. I'd be a little bit worried. Um, I, I don't even know if worried is the, I guess that is the right word. Just the fact that teams will, you know, as much as we talk about left tackles protecting blind sides, teams with good pass rushers come from both sides now. It, it doesn't, it's, it's not like it's only the left tackle anymore. Oftentimes your right tackle will face the other team's best pass rusher. So do I want Chuma Adoga uh, protecting Sam Darnold against the Eagles front seven? Not particularly, but um, I think at some point, and I think I said this during the preseason, um, I wouldn't be surprised if Adoga was a starter by the end of the year. Um, but it's time for some changes on that old line, man. It's, uh, it's been pretty atrocious and Alex Lewis might get a start by default or by, uh, injury, but Jonathan Harrison should get a look. I mean, he, you know, he's, he deserves it really. And for the little bit that he did play, uh, when he came in late in the game this year, probably the best the old line has looked. But but that's the thing. Listen, if you get the O line playing functionally, functionally well, um, you know they don't have to. And that's one thing I actually wanted to talk about, Alex, in terms of the O line. And I rewatched 
some of their the different chunks of the first three games. We watched the entire New England game. And one thing that surprised me, I I, I busted out the old uh, timer, and I, I thought to myself, let's see, because, you know, we, we've talked about it before, the kind of the, the sort of universally accepted standard for being able to say a guy had time to throw is two and a half seconds. If you have two and a half seconds in the NFL, that's enough time to make a throw. That's why a lot of the analytic sites, you know, PFF, for example, they do their, their, you know, their, their pressure statistics for quarterbacks. That's the metric they use. How many, you know, what, what was your percentage when with more than two and a half seconds? So basically uh, I'm going to run down the list here real quick. This is every single Luke Falk throw and what I came up with timing them and how much time he had. And some of them keep in mind are under two and a half seconds because it's by design. It's a screen or a swing, quick hitter over the middle, something like that. So it's not always bad protection as when, when it's under two and a half seconds. But uh, here we go. Uh, 3.24 seconds. It's enough time to make a throw. Two and a half seconds. It's enough time to make a throw. 2.32, two, just under enough. 2.58, and was actually sacked on that play. 2.02, 1.25, that was on a screen. 248182295 I added them all up, and it was roughly 50% of the time. 50% of the time, he's got two and a half seconds to throw. And that's with a stacked box. That's with eight guys in the box. That's with, a, that's with a, an O-line frequently having fewer blockers than rushers. And that surprised me. I, I would If you would have asked me, Glenn, off the top of your head, how, how often did Falk have adequate time to make a throw in that game? I probably would have said 20% of the time, and it was actually 50 um, interesting thing, though, while I was doing it just for the hell of it, I, uh, I started timing Brady's throws. And I'll tell you what, I'm not going to go through all his, but I'll say 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. He had 13 passes that came out in under two seconds, which is the exact reason why I've said I didn't have an issue with the Jets taking Quinn and Williams because Tom Brady – might play three or four more years for all we friggin' know. And the guy makes edge rushers just useless. You need someone to get up the middle and get him off the spot. But um, the one the one thing I did notice, Alex, is that the two deep balls that I saw Tom Brady throw, to both to Josh Gordon, sort of 30, 35, 40-yard in depth, somewhere in that range, both times, he, from the from snap to throw was under two seconds, 1.85 and 1.83, I think. And I don't know, what, and this is, people people get pissed off when I say, why isn't Adam Gates taking any deep shots? And I get, oh, you, the blocking is terrible. You don't, if, if you line up in a shotgun, one or two step drop and heave it up, it's less than two seconds. I just read the numbers off to you. 
The, the Jets' O-line is giving the quarterback two damn seconds probably 70% of the time. People seem to think that because you say deep ball, it means line up under center, take a seven-step drop, and stare down the field for three seconds before you throw it. It doesn't always have to be that way. And against this Eagles secondary this weekend, Eagles are banged up, Alex. Do the Jets have a chance to win this game? Well, it seems that their their uh, majority of their injuries happen to be in the secondary at the quarterback position. Uh, they do have um, was it Jason Peters, um, their offensive line, their left tackle, or I think maybe his left tackle. Um, so I know that their offensive line has had a little bit of trouble, but it looks like majority of their injuries have happened at the secondary position. Um, I can't sit here and say that our wide receivers are going to be a threat um, and we can expose that uh, advantage or, or that situation. Um, but, yeah, I think what – I'm not very optimistic to answer your question um, if they have a chance to beat them because I just feel like if you weigh the pros and the cons with – uh, you know, are they putting out a competitive product? Um, is the offense in sync? Is the offensive line gelling? Are they healthy? You know, all these things just kind of way toward this is not likely that they're going to win this game. Um, and, you know, but weird things have happened in the sport. Um, you know, special team situations and defensive touchdowns, and, and we've seen some of those things, but yet it hasn't been enough to win a game. So the odds are most certainly against us, and it's not looking great. Um, but, again, this is the – and I'm, I'm taking this from my family experience because I had a lot of family members that live down in South Jersey, and, um, you know, they, they've all been disillusioned to, to think that the home team is Philadelphia for whatever reason. Um, and even though most of them have moved down to, to Florida to, you know, sunnier, uh, beachier uh, areas they they still are strong with their Philly team and and everything that they tell me is that you know this is a good football team um, they won a championship you know uh, just a few years ago and when they play uh, against lesser competition they have a tendency of playing down to that level and then when they play good teams they have a tendency to play up to that level of competition so. This could be a team that, you know, could trip on its own foot and beat themselves. Uh, but at the end of the day, um, when you play the matchup game and you look at, you know, certain things that are not technically a strength on our team um, as far as, you know, handling uh, versatile running backs and, and really good pass-catching tight ends and, and big-body wide receivers like Alshon Jeffrey and then you have some guys like uh, Aguilar coming underneath. Um, I know that I haven't seen too much of J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, but, you know, our, our secondary is not very healthy at this, at this point either. Um, you know, Darrell Roberts is dealing with an ankle issue. Brian Bull is dealing with a groin. Um, and I'm not sure what's going on with Tremaine Johnson. I know he was dealing with some injuries at the end of preseason, but we haven't really seen much of him because he's been riding the pine. So, yeah, I mean, he, he's one of those he guys, if he's, he might be addition by subtraction. He's one of those guys, if he's not playing, you might be better off. Um, 
that's how bad he's been. Well, but you're right. I mean, like to talk about too. Do you really think that this team is, is would be hurting that much more with having Tremaine Johnson play, let's just say, 25 percent of the snaps? I think he's a really, complete really liability. I, I I think if you put him on the field, if I'm an opposing offensive coordinator, I'm I'm going to attack him. I'm going to say, look, that dude is too slow. He doesn't have speed to play in the NFL anymore. Let's just run yeah. something. You know, he doesn't have the movement. If you just have somebody, you know, whether it's a double move, just anything, and any quickness, he 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 lacks any lateral quickness, and he's too slow. I mean, I yeah. don't really know what they're going to be able to get out of him the rest of the way, other than just not wanting to cut him to avoid the twelve million dollar cap hit, or that was it twenty four million. It's twelve million next year. So I think he's a body on the roster. If enough guys get hurt, he might see a few reps. But I think I think they pretty much moved on from him. And but the twenty four million dollar hit lets him stick around. And what I'm curious to see is on the offensive side of the ball for the Jets. Are they going to try to take advantage of this this up Eagles secondary because they are that. I mean the Eagles are hurting at corner. They've got uh, Ronald Darby. He's got a hamstring injury. Avante Maddox had a concussion. So both guys are expected to miss this game uh, from what I'm reading. So I wondered about this newly signed player who we've not talked much about because, let's face it, there's not much out there on him. But Vincent Smith, the the big, you know, the tall receiver, runs in the four threes. He's 6'2", 6'3", runs in the four threes. You have to imagine that early on anyway – Robbie Anderson will be drawing most of the attention from this banged-up secondary. So Smith might be a guy who gets some favorable matchups against, you know, some corners who aren't all that great. Now, what the hell is Vince Smith? We have no idea. He might he mm-hmm. may not belong in the league for all we know. But what we do know is it will be probably an ideal situation for any receiver to get their first start because you're going to start against a team whose secondary is beat up. They just had the they just had the who did they bring back? They brought back a guy that they cut. I forget who I'm drawing a blank now. Who uh was with them in the preseason. There was actually some talk about the Jets may be signing him and his name is totally escaping me now. Um but either way, the Jets are basically facing a team with this dinged up secondary and and I, I look at this two ways. It's an opportunity for Vincent Smith or if Adam Gase in looking to protect Sam Darnold. Um, we only saw him on a couple catches last week, Alex, but I'll tell you what, I liked what I saw from Braxton Berrios. I thought, you know, I, I just mentioned lateral quickness. He looked like he had plenty of it. So if I'm Adam Gase, maybe I'm going four wide with, with Berrios in the slot on the left and Crowder in the slot to the right or vice versa. And you just run some underneath stuff and let those guys try to shake loose while while the uh, the two outside receivers run run the DBs down the field, create some favorable matchups underneath. Because that's all it's going to take. If, if, if Sam Darnold can manage to, to just catch fire a little bit, defenses are going to have to back off. And then you know what? Le'Veon Bell might see a six-man front and not an eight- or nine-man front. And the mm-hmm. way he's running right now, Imagine what he'd be able to do if uh, if defenses had to back off, take take a defender or two out of the picture. It it could get interesting, and I think that's where the Jets have a chance to win this game. If they make the changes on the O line, now what worries me 
um, is the fact that the player that probably worries me the most for the Eagles is Fletcher Cox. That dude's a beast. Every oh, yeah. time I see, every time I see Fletcher Cox play or I meet Fletcher Cox, I get pissed off. Because to me, that guy, and not just me. I mean, if you remember at the time of that damn Mo Wilkerson contract, that was the comparison. Because they were do a big deal. Yeah. I think I think Cox actually one more year left deal at the time. But everybody was like, he's going to get similar in the same ballpark. Well, one of them is a monster, and the other guy's out of the NFL a couple of years later. Of course, the one that's out of the NFL is the guy who plays for the Jets. But Fletcher Cox being able to slow him down on the inside does work for me, especially if you go with Alex Lewis. Alex Lewis is a guy I've not I, I watched a little bit of him when the Jets traded for him, not all that much. I think what I did watch was mostly a tackle, so I haven't seen him play a lot of guard. You can only get so much from FF, which they had, he had some pretty atrocious ratings earlier. Um, definitely worrying. So I think the interior can be an issue. But again, if Don can get hot, whether even if it's like I said, it's not talking deep balls, just the intermediate stuff underneath, back guy up a little bit, a little bit more breathing room, everything gets a lot of, and all of a sudden. Because that's another thing yes, with this offensive line. They've been bad. I, I, there's no denying that. But a lot of it is their lack of reps together, combined with the fact that they're facing eight and nine-man boxes. And they don't know who's coming and who's not. And the communication isn't there. So hopefully the bye week, plus Donald coming back, upgrading the quarterback position significantly, hopefully that gives the Jets a chance to win the game. Is that line 14? I might I might put money on the Jets this week. I might do that. But, um, I mean, am I crazy into that, Alex, or do you think that the Jets have a chance? Before you answer, hmm. we want to thank our sponsor, Mile Social. Please visit <laughs> milesocial.com. That is M-I-L-E social, milesocial.com. Find out how Mile can help you in your business by managing your websites and social media accounts. And if you have a business, you have enough to do. Worry about the dance. Call Mile Social, M I L E Social dot com, and let them run your your websites and social media for you. So, Alex, do the Jets have a chance in this game, or am I just out of my mind? I'm not home right. I said they were going to lose the last two games by like 50 points. Am I nuts? Yeah, you know what, what's interesting is that um, you know even though we've had. And it always seems to be in critical situations. Um, the Jets can uh, defensively can play pretty sound, you know, against against tough teams. They they know who the key matchups are, and, and and they've done a fairly good job against the the players of notoriety. Where they seem to do have trouble with is you know players that maybe they didn't script up for the week or or game plan for the week. You know, would you look at that New England game? you best believe that they were probably, uh, you know, preparing themselves to go up against the Sony Michelle that, that ran for over a hundred yards and a score against them late last year in that week uh, 17 game. And then, you know, Bill Belichick does his, uh, you know, little trickery and he game plans uh, Rex Burkhead and, and the guy Bolden uh, for majority of the game. And, and the Jets didn't have a, 
much to do uh, or they couldn't do much with, uh, you know, stopping those guys. So what they're going to have to do is, is they're going to have to, you know, raise the, their level of, of play even further. Um, you know, we're going to have a, a really, really good test this week against a strong running game. So, you know, maybe that can, can help the Jets because they clearly uh, had troubles defending the pass. And I do feel that majority of the defenders that they have are, are more designed to stop the run. So if the Eagles think that they could just, you know, kind of come in and, and, and run the ball 30 to 40 times um, and get away with it, uh, the Jets might be in a closer match than, than we think is possible. And then that'll just determine on will they, can they, have they figured out a way to be competitive offensively? So I'm not going to rule out that it's a hundred percent chance that the Eagles are going to win this week. There's definitely a chance that we can win this game. It's just a matter of execution, uh, you know, being competent. And this comes from coach Gates too. Um, if you're going to come in with this lame duck game plans that you've had the last few weeks um, and try to move the ball sideline to sideline and not attack the middle of the field or, or, or take your shots down down the line or down into the boundary uh, with your with your playmakers, then then it's going to be a long day and it's going to be a tough day and Le'Veon Bell is going to be seeing a lot of stacked boxes like you said. So if you can figure out a way to take advantage of where their weaknesses are um, and and shut down this this run game um, and force them to to kind of open up their playbook and try things that maybe that they haven't done yet course there's a possibility but you know this is you got to play four quarters um you can't go out there and give us three good quarters and then you know suck wind in the fourth quarter like we've seen in the past now um it's going to sound pretty negative but you know we we shoot it straight here from jet nation radio and if you've been following this team long enough you know that the jets have had a tendency to come out of the bye week a little flat and we don't have a great winning percentage coming off the bye week. And if there, if there's a, for some people that are not aware of this, the Jets have never beaten the Eagles in a regular season game ever. We've beaten them in preseason games, but we are winless against them in the regular season. So can the Jets turn the tide um, and re, re, you know change the history books? and change the narrative, uh, come out with some energy and not be flat like we've seen in the past. Because, you know, we've heard this thing about culture change and, you know, starting to see a lot of the same things that we've seen in the past. So this team's got to come out fired up. We have to come out being aggressive in the beginning of the game. I think the way that we can keep the Eagles off balance is by spreading the football around. Like you said, let's get Crowder back into his natural position. I don't want to see him lining up outside like he did against the New England Patriots. He's a natural slot. That's where he's made his living. That's where he should be for this team. That's where Sam needs him. You know, Berrios did a, a few good things uh, against his former team. Hopefully he can improve upon that because we definitely need the help in the receiving category. And, uh, you know, got to figure out what is your identity. Let's see if we can figure out if the Jets have an identity this weekend. 
with their, you know, their running game or maybe incorporate a play action. Let's open up the playbook. It's a fresh start. It's happened the last few weeks. It's now in the past. We can't dwell on it. We have to move forward, and we have to see what this team is made of, what these players are made of, and hopefully these guys have their, their minds in the right place, and they, they come out and get a, get a darn win against these Eagles for, for the first time ever. Let's get that figured out, and let's come out of this weekend with a W. And the, the toxicity that we've seen in social media, maybe it'll subside for a few days. Well, and, and one one side note, Alex, that this just you mentioned the O-line, I thought to myself, did I imagine that this really happened? So I just, I, I Googled it while you were talking. Uh, Quinn Williams will be back this week. Um, do you remember what Quinn Williams said about Jason Kelsey leading up to the draft? No, I did not hear his comment. I, I remember this because it's so, it's so odd, and I remember the interviewer saying, I've never heard a guy say that before. Quinn and Williams, you know, throw typical softball questions, and it just hit me as you said his name. They asked Quinn and Williams, who's your favorite NFL player, and he said Jason Kelsey. He said the guy's great at what he does, and I, I watch him to figure out how I can get better on the on the interior as an attacking D lineman. And I, I just you said his name. I thought pretty cool is get to come back is it'll be a second game as a pro, and he'll be going to nose with uh with his favorite pro player, a guy he is apparently watched lots of and listen the Jets are going to need all hands on deck you know not, uh, I'm not I think the Jets have a chance to win this game I, w- I wouldn't pick to win this game and with actually just a couple minutes left before we uh before we sign off here um, I'll go ahead and get my prediction I honestly I've been spending so much time looking at the injury report haven't really been looking at the the healthy guys uh, but let's let's say Darnold, if Sam Darnold plays, I think it's I think it's closer than the 14 that Vegas had, uh, had this game opening up at, and I think the Jets defense is it's, it's a little better than people give him credit for, and I think if Darnold can uh, even play well enough to so that the defense isn't completely worn out from one three out after another, I still think the Eagles win this game, but I'm going to say 27-20 Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah, uh, I I definitely can see it that way too, um, and <clears throat> this is going to have to be one of those games where you know thirty three is going to have to find himself making a big play early and and putting this Eagles team you know back them into a corner uh, and have them try to you know change or their you know adjust their game plan or or move away from that and change on the fly. That's what we have to do is we have to catch these guys off rhythm. And I think that, you know, if the defense can, can strike early and maybe put a, put our offense um, in a better position, because I don't think we've had good field position um, in since 2018. So we're going to need a little bit of lady luck this weekend. Um, uh, again, I'm not very optimistic about this game, but it, I feel that it could be closer than we anticipate. And I would not be surprised if, if this is a one-score game going into the fourth quarter, and then we're going to see what this team's made of. Um, you know, right now, uh, I think that the Eagles are going to come away with this game 
maybe something like a a 21 to 16 uh, type of situation. But this is all just going to determine if uh, the Jets can get a little lucky and if they can right some of the wrongs that they've had the last few weeks. So, you know, prove me wrong. Um, and that's what I'm looking for. And then hopefully next week uh, on Tuesday when, when we get back together, uh, we'll be breaking down how many studs rather than duds we got on this team. Sounds good to me, Alex. That's, uh, it would be nice to talk about a win because we haven't had a chance to do that this year. I don't think it happens this week, but uh, once once they get through these next couple weeks, they should be able to start stacking some wins up. They got Washington. They got Miami twice. We talked about it. They have some uh, some pretty some very winnable games coming up. But listen, Adam Gase, let you quarterback throw the ball a little bit beyond the line of scrimmage. Let's use some of these guys in the middle of the field. Barry Elson Crowder and and maybe. Maybe Le'Veon Bell in the slot, you know, doing something other than a, a screen or a swing. Uh, give these guys a chance to make some plays. But I'm saying Eagles by seven. Uh, you're you're right in that same ballpark, Alex. We're both saying a win for Philly, but closer than the 14 that Vegas had it opened up at. We'll do it for us tonight. Alex, thanks so much for uh, – glad we were able to get this one knocked out. Hopefully we get back on schedule and get one done next Tuesday or this coming Tuesday. And hopefully we are talking about a Jets win. Yeah, and a London game this weekend too, right? Yes, yes, a game I will not be getting to because uh, I, I I don't I, I don't miss Jets games. That's that's much it, you know, with the with the start time, and I'm I'm two hours from London. Looking like a true diehard. Um, I, I think I think there's one game this year where the time where the start time is there's a big enough gap that I'd be able to go to the London game and then catch a train home and watch the Jets. But um, I mean, hell, I guess I could go to the London game and watch some of the watch the Jets game on my phone. Um, but anyway, that's uh, neither here nor there. Jets Eagles this weekend. Let's hope they find a way to pull it out. Alex, thanks so much. Jets fans, thanks for tuning in, and uh, we will catch you next week. Hopefully, talking about a Jets win. That is us done for the night. Take care. Take it easy, Jet Nation. Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Jet Nation Radio. Glenn is at AceFan23, and Alex is at NYJetsLife24. Until next time, go Jets! With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.